Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious, the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. How are you guys today? Fabulous. How are you? Good. Oh, good. Hands full, trying to keep a tiny person away from a microphone. It's good. (laughs) So we have a, a kind of like a weird topic today. I always say it's weird because I feel like we have not sorted through exactly what this is going to be about, but um, the conversation I wanted to have is about the concept of false humility. So this was brought up to me or brought to my attention when I was in a, um, a vocal performance workshop. And the, the guy that was running it, he was, I really, I really enjoy him actually, because he's just, he's very um, like no BS kind of thing. And so he puts everything out there and he kind of doesn't let you get away with anything. So you, people will go up and kind of do some performances or like mini performances so he can coach you. And then, you know, you, you kind of can't cop out on him and, and he's brilliant. Like he's amazing. So he's worked with like many, many people. Of course, the only one I remember is Taylor Swift because I love her. Um, but he's like, he did, um, so what's cool about what he does. So he does, uh, he, he's, he just talks about how important it is to get people to feel your performance. Like he's like, if you go up there and sing pretty notes, that's literally 4% of what people are experiencing. People see music. So you have to be something visual for them. And he said that before he worked with Taylor versus after her merch sales went up literally 600%. So he said that people seeing and connecting with music means money. So he, he, he's really cool. He, it's very entrepreneurial and yet really creative. Anyways, he talked about this concept of false humility and the way that he kind of described it. And I wish this was not two years ago, but it was. Um, but the way that he described it was along the lines of um, when someone comes up to you after a performance and they say, hey, that was really wonderful, or I really enjoyed that, or that was amazing. And when you sit there and you go, oh, was it, was it okay? I don't know, I kind of missed this. And oh, I don't know, it wasn't, thanks, but I don't know. And you kind of ho-hum about it. He basically said, that's you not owning your gifts. That's you not taking ownership of what you are and not taking ownership of your talents. And that is called false humility. He's like, because if you think you're a singer, if you believe you're a singer, if you believe this is what you were meant to do, then when you slough off comments, you're being, that's not real. That's, that's false humility. And so it's between false humility and insecurity. I think because like insecurity would in theory be like real and then false mm. humility would be like, ooh, are you? like it's kind of like milking the compliment. That's sort of how mm. I would feel about it. Or appearing to like kind of um, the, uh, another way I would say it would be like appearing humble without actually, without like if you went on stage and you think you killed it and then someone's like, you know, wow, really good job. And you're like, oh, thanks. I don't know. Mm. But it's like, well, that's not real because you know you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you, you know would. and well and I mean like I, I think as artists too we're, we're we're hypercritical it's a fine line I I believe um for being insecure and and false humility and I think that's maybe even an inquiry that someone could do mm-hmm. is am I being insecure or is this like am I falsely representing myself and or am I choosing not to own my gifts my talent like am I not taking ownership There's- of what I'm really good at 
I was, you know, I've been looking at the idea of being humble. Um, is humility being humble? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I've been talking about this a lot with clients and just in general that I feel like, especially as women being humble has been a serious, uh, oppression. So yeah. for me, I say trade the word humble for honest. And like that's like clapping. when you don't background here. This is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you don't, that's when you just say, thank you. You learn how to just accept the thank you because you worked hard for that. And that's the honest truth is that you might've killed it and you should be jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. I think we're taught that it may not have been taught in this, in these words or in this fashion, but that it's arrogant to own your gift. And that it's um, arrogant yeah. to be like, yeah, I did a really good job. Yeah. Especially as a woman. Especially as a woman. I find that so much with clients that we can't own when we do even the smallest of things well, mm -hmm. because there is like an arrogance that we shouldn't be seen that way. We shouldn't talk about ourselves that way. That's not... It's not quiet. No. You're not being the quiet girl, the good uh -huh. girl. You're not... It's yeah. Just I feel like this conversation can evolve into like this really interesting, um, like kind of, I don't know, feminist is the right word, but anyways, it, mm -hmm. it's maybe, so maybe I'm all like sitting here going like, you know, frustrated with, cause I've just, since this guy pointed out false humility to me, I feel like I've seen it a ton now mm -hmm. because I'm like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, that, that person's not owning that. That person's not owning that. And here I'm sitting frustrated because I'm like, well, cause, but I, for me, that was a big call out for me. When he said that, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I've totally done that. I do that. And I was like, I'm stopping that. I, I don't, I don't want, if I'm, you know, I want to be able to take ownership of my gifts. And so maybe it is that maybe it's like that we're just kind of needing to identify how we've been raised and brought up as women mm -hmm. yeah the programs it is it's all the programs <laughs> yeah <laughs> jen and i just want to talk about programs you better go back Thank to possibility because we're going to go down the program train <laughs> go down the program train maybe this was just like because we when we started we because we always discuss our podcast ahead of time just to kind of get an outline going and we kind of like i think we should just reform it like go go where it's going because maybe this was just a springboard for the real conversation i do like that and i don't feel like you've gotten to express what you talked about before is that there are some people who are appearing as uh, humble or have to have humility, but when they get called on it and the other person agrees with them, that that is um, offensive to them, that they can't align with that, where if it was their true belief, they would be okay with it. So I don't know if you got to, okay. to get that yeah, fully let's, out. Let's do that. So there's been situations, and this is where I've noticed false humility, where someone will we were talking a bit about self-deprecation too. So someone will be self-deprecating. They'll be like, oh, you know, me in my career, it's just this or, oh, it's just that. And then that's all well and good. But as soon as someone else says, oh, well, what you do is just this or just that, that person mm -hmm. gets offended. And it's like, well, then you don't believe what you said. And, and sure, if you were saying it as a joke, that's fine. But um, if people are repeating it back to you, it's not coming across as a joke. 
And so maybe you need to stop using that language to describe what you do or, you know, what you're accomplishing or whatever, because it's not, it's not a fit. And so it's like, then, yeah, then that's a, that's a conversation for inquiry and going, am I not owning, taking ownership of like, you know, my talents, my gifts, my accomplishments, whatever, or am I hoping that someone's going to argue back to me? Am right. I hoping someone How- else is going to validate and, <clears throat> you know, say, oh no, but what you do is so great. Like what, mm-hmm. you know, what's, I guess like, what's your goal behind, you know, someone comes up to you and says, Hey, that was really great. And you go, Oh no, it wasn't. What's your, what's your end game? What's your, what's your yeah. intention behind your response? How, how wide is your door open to that feedback? So I always tell my, uh, the people that are in the trainings, don't accept it. So if you don't feel like that, this is, um, if you feel like your gift is your gift, then own it. Don't allow someone to call you a woo woo. Um, get out of those circles, stop hanging out in those places. And number one, stop calling yourself. If you don't, if you aren't in alignment with a woo woo and you want to be taken seriously, start referring to yourself more seriously. Cause it's how much we open the door to the feedback. We, I've like done a little science experiment last year and we truly are telling people who we are. So if I'm telling you I'm something, you're 100% believing it. Mm-hmm. It's true. You so- think people do that because they have a crack in their own belief. So if we go with the woo-woo example. Yes. Tanya's putting her hand up. (laughs) Yes. Oh, preach it. Mm -hmm. Because I think that was me for a long time. I'd be like, oh, that woo-woo shit. Oh, yeah. Because there was... But you were really interested in it. Yes. I was like fully... I was like interesting everything to do with anything with energy and chakras and all those things. But I believed, but I didn't fully believe. I didn't understand. I still do. Understand. Yeah their accountability hour i i still like deprecate the woo-woo and i still call it woo-woo mm-hmm. i call it woo-woo too but i don't look at it as a negative i had a coach that was like yeah. really offended by the word woo-woo and she thought we were being like as a society anybody that used that term was like disrespectful yeah yeah that it disrespecting it and i don't mean that in a disrespect i like think woo-woo. i like, don't think it is like, like, i think it's just how you relate and where you are on your journey and one day it'll probably transition out, but we can't, we can't fault people for how they are in relationship to what they are at any given moment. And that's just where you are. Yeah. Okay. I have a question about false humility then. Do it. With stay-at-home moms. I remember when I was a stay-at-home mom for some time, if somebody asked me, like (laughs) we were to meet a new couple at like a party of some sort and they would be like, what do you do? I'm just a stay-at-home mom totally but deep down it was because it didn't seem like that was an important piece but it was really important to me to be home with my children mm-hmm. so is that an example of false humility i kind of think that's a good example like if yeah if someone had called like this is what i would do to assess it if someone had called you oh you're just a stay-at-home mom that would, like, would that be triggering then I would say, mm, yeah, probably then that's something. It's kind of like going back to if someone else can't call you that, should you be calling yourself that? Yeah. Oh, like, that's so good, Tanya. Yeah. Okay. I did it. We, we did it. We got somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, um, 
like, and we could even extend this because we, again, we kind of had this like prep talk ahead of time. I just want to actually even come back to body image, right? Like, especially again, as women, I think it comes up with men too, but um, I know I've seen it with women where a woman is sitting there and she, you know, can name herself so many things like, you know, fat or ugly or, you know, any list of, you know, things. But if someone said that to her, what would, what would happen? And so, you know, that's something to maybe kind of bring into this conversation as well. I think that comes back to programs a little bit though. Totally. Elaborate. That's something that you are believing about yourself. And so in my belief system, if somebody says something out loud like that, they've thought it a thousand times inside their head before they've actually said it aloud. A thousand times a day for 10 years. Yes, exactly. Probably, <laughs> like, honestly, if we go into it, probably 10,000 times a day, if we really go into how many thoughts go through our mind, yeah, that that thought has crossed their mind unconsciously throughout the day thousands and thousands and thousands of times and so when they're verbalizing that they are they truly do believe that at their core and that's really freaking sad that that's what they believe inside so i understand programs but this is actually like making me question my understanding um so if we have this inner critic that says to us all of these nasty things and naughty things about ourselves and we believe them why then when we say them out loud and someone says it back to us, do we get offended? If we truly believe it, yeah. why do we get offended? Or I is think... it just that we've heard it so many times that there's that, like, this is what I understand about programs. This is what I've been taught is that we've heard it so many times that when it is reflected from the outside in, that's a jarring moment. And our own inner critic is uh, offended because it, we've been called out on it is that false humility right there a little bit yeah because we believe it but we there's still a crack in the foundation of that we don't want to like at, at our truest core we are whole we are one we are beautiful we yes. do know that in our core i think i think we just get like buried underneath our all. soul does and so yeah. maybe that is a really good example of false humility of like we know we are perfect the way we are but yet we tell ourselves tens of thousands a day that we are fat or need to lose weight or this is too big or whatever your story is. We all have our own narrative. And so then when it's reflected back to us by somebody saying that, it's like, whoa, no, 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 I am perfect. I just don't tell yeah. myself that all the time. I wonder if it's even just, um, well, because Melanie, this comes up for you in lots of sessions, right? Is you said that, you say as soon as someone is resisting something from you strongly, you know that it's there's something there, right? Like that there's oh yeah. Yeah. Even so, in a yoga class. <laughs> right? so I wonder if that's even the same thing, is that when someone says it back to us and we like deny like we push it push back on it so hard. I think I actually think that that's it. It's that we feel it's it's hit a truth. Like and and so I'm not saying it is the truth. So like because I agree with you as far as yeah maybe it's that our core being is like no that's not who I am. But I actually think it's the opposite. I actually think we get so defensive about it because you think about it, defensive is a reaction, mm -hmm. um, and like injury is a reaction and hurt feelings are reactionary. Um, when our like 
you know, soul self, like higher self or best self is responding, they're responding. Reactions come from our not highest self. So if we're getting hurt or injured by something someone said, I actually, I kind of think it's because it's like, oh no, you saw, you saw. Mm -hmm. You saw what I believe about myself. You saw, you saw it. I've been trying to hide that. I've been trying to work on that. I've been trying to, you know, not unearth that because that's something I don't like about myself. And you saw it. Oh no. Now what do I do? I can't hide. Like my hiding isn't working or my cover isn't working. And, um, you know, not when you speak it out loud, right? Like that's the thing that's so ironic about it is we do allow this inner critic to become an outer critic. Um, Oh my gosh, I had a thing. Keep going, Tanya. I had a thing. I got to come back to it. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know if I can. Do that. <laughs> I have like a very noisy human. Oh, yeah. He's being oh. awesome. Here's what it is. I figured it out. <laughs> it's all been solved. But um, coming back to our basic human needs of acceptance. So although we've created this inner critic who's constantly in a state of rejection, when that's experienced by our community and our culture, we experience that rejection. That's when that comes up is that defensiveness. No, I'm not fitting into the herd. I'm not going to be accepted. That's a major need. No, for sure. Cause that's a, that's a basic survival need. Like we are yeah. hurting, like we can't survive separate. I think quarantine was like really indicative of that. Like and I mean, yeah. I know that that's kind of metaphorical, but I, I think literally that we we can't survive as without each other. Even just thinking about, um, okay, so, you know, we each feel we have our own purpose to serve, right? I, I think. I kind of think that a farmer and, you know, someone that works in agriculture isn't any different than how we feel about, you know, our path. And same with mm-hmm. someone that's raising cattle or someone that is... Um, like I'm just kind of like on vegetables and animals here, but just basically all the points of survival, like I need to eat and I need to drink clean water and I need to have shelter. And yet I am not, I don't, you know, grow food enough to like feed myself for, you know, a a sustainable period of time. I don't build houses. I don't like, I don't do all these things because I have my select talents. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, sure, if me and my husband and my kid were to go and live in the boonies somewhere, we could figure it out. But as a society, we actually thrive. Like, we could survive as individuals, but as a society, we thrive. So we need the collective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, obviously, there's going to be challenges in the collective as well, which is what always comes up. But I just also think that's what people focus on. But we don't focus on how much we... Um, thrive together. So does that make sense? I think I kind of like went all over the place there. I understand it. I also look at it as like, if we thrive in being accepted by our community and our culture, how do we miss that we have to be in total acceptance and in a relationship with this inner critic? You know, like, how do we, how do we want to fit in so bad everywhere else? but in dun, dun, dun. yeah right guys the question how do we want to fit in sorry how how is it how is it that it's our primal drive to want to fit into the community but we have this disconnect and this self-rejection going on inside and we are acknowledging that so we're trying so hard to fit in 
And then when our own loud, out loud self-rejection is reinforced by the community we're trying to fit in, that's the only time we become aware and we get angry and upset. What about all the thoughts that are going on in the head all the time? I wonder if that's just coming back to like, I don't know, self-awareness. I don't know. It's always interesting when you see, oh God, can I get political? Like, I feel like Trump is Please a perfect do. example of someone who's not super self-aware. Like there's no, there's no like, you know, consideration before the words come out. That we get to see. I feel like it's a very self-aware manipulation, the Trump train. Oh, maybe. I feel like he's just a wanker. But anyways, <laughs> is, okay, we, we won't use him as an example. But I feel like there's people where it's like, there isn't much that goes on before things come out of them. As in, like, there's not much of a... So even if there's an inner dialogue, it's not a consideration. It's more just like inner dialogue. It's like a mishmash. And then there's other people who maybe even consider too much before stuff comes out. Um, and then stuff doesn't come out. They get stunted. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I feel distracted and I need, I need this person. You're doing amazing. <laughs> she has had a baby in her lap the whole time. Yeah. And still engaging and making sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm here 45%, which is not bad. It's amazing. It's amazing. All the new moms will completely appreciate, or just moms with babes, and anybody who's ever had a baby completely appreciates how you just carried on that conversation. Listen, yeah, I couldn't. In your lap. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. I would have frustrated take down my microphone, which has not successfully happened yet. Yet. Jen, I'm curious to know, so after our whole conversation, how do you, how would you um, look at self or what is false humility? I still look at it as a insecurity. Yeah. That's still how it comes. Do you think because in one of the, Tanya, did we read the description before that actually referred to it being a narcissistic trait? That's nope. where I keep trying to go, but I don't know how to get there. I, don't I have think because for me, what it is, is it's, it's setting a, a platform for someone to shower you with compliments. That's where the narcissism part comes from for me. Mm. Is if you say, no, no, I'm just this or, oh, you know, oh, I'm fat. And some people go, no, you're so beautiful and skinny mm. and amazing. Or, oh, my performance so, wasn't that good. No, it was epic. It was, it changed my life. Like, I feel mm. like anytime you're denying your truth, you're just setting it up so that someone else, it's looking for external validation. That's oh, it's not that important. Oh, I'm just doing this. It's like, no, yeah. that's so important. You need this. You're, you're here for this. I just think we're looking for external validation which is then escaping the fact that like because the real work comes from internal validation like the, that's mm -hmm. that's hard what's difficult is when we actually have to do it ourselves and mm -hmm. you are using that to escape accountability to validate yourself like to, you're you're escaping uh, an actual opportunity for personal growth and development by i again think that comes back to programming of watching our parents, our grandmothers, our mothers, our mm -hmm. grand, great grandmothers, and not receiving compliments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
internal validation is really quiet, right? That's a, it's inner work. External validation is loud. So if you are like this internal validation soldier, keep going. Kudos to you. Um, a lot of, like, I feel like I'm 50%, 50-50. Still, yeah, I, still looking. That's pretty good. Because, like, the other thing, the image that came to my mind just now is, like, thinking about external validation is, like, social media, you know? Yes. You do something good and then post it on social media and everybody gives you a pat on the back. But you could do something good and not post it on social media. You still... You still that thing, but it's not, um, it's not going to have that same applause. And it's like, well, what do you need? The, what is the applause replacing? Cashton is partying. So I will touch on that in that there's been some items in my life where I've done something because I've wanted to truly from my heart because it felt like a good place and then not wanted to post on social media because I don't want it to come across as I'm looking for validation. But I've posted most of those anyway. And probably the first couple times I did it, I would say, I'm not looking for your, and now I don't even say that because energetically, I don't need to put it out there. If you're my people, you know, I'm not putting it out there for you to say, good job, Jen, you did a really good thing there. But I think it's important to share those things because there's a lot of people that don't trust that there are good people out there still. And mm -hmm. I think they need to see that sometimes. And I think because they're searching for the proof, they're constantly finding the proof that there are people that aren't trustworthy out there. And so if I can share something that is a positive or enlightening or inspiring in any fashion for them to go out and do one random act of kindness that day, because they like, I think that shit breeds itself and keeps mm -hmm. growing. But sometimes we need that first, you know, like if you think about, I can't remember what the stats are, but Tim Hortons did a study on the people, if somebody's bought the order in drive-thru and how long it will continue to go on for, but it took Until that, first that person, one person <laughs> took that first person to do it. Not everybody woke up that morning going, I'm going to buy everybody in Tim Hortons line coffee today, but they will pay it forward throughout the day because that happened to them. Mm -hmm. I had a, sorry, <laughs> I did that once, like bought a woman's coffee and she literally chased me down the highway. Like basically I was like almost out of town and she like waved me down and was like, thank you. Oh, <laughs> was, like, how sweet. Really not necessary. Yeah. It made me laugh. Like I was, cause I didn't notice she, I guess she'd been doing it like through like town like the whole time yeah like you know when I was like thinking about it after I was like oh that's why that car was weirdly in my peripherals <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome um I would go back to just to like kind of um go back to what you were saying Jenna uh I feel like this false humility really just comes back to intention it's like what are you saying like what's your intention so when you say something are you saying it because it's real are you saying it because it needs to be said? Are you saying it because it's true to you or what you're expressing? Are, are you saying it for external validation? Are you saying it for an applause? Are you saying it for, um, you know, like what's your purpose behind your words? And I think it's even that, just getting clear. So if you're sharing something that you did on Facebook because you're feeling like, okay, that I feel like I want to show people that there's still good people in the world, then that to me is the intention. You're not, it, like, so that means one person could like that or no one would say, good job, Jen, and you wouldn't care. That wouldn't shake you. Exactly. So 
it's it, like that's what it comes back to intention but if you're sharing something because you need someone to say whoa good job then i think that's like a check-in moment and then that's when you know you could really assess like oh am i am i am i in false humility or is this what i'm doing right now yes and i think and i the real human part of this whole false humility concept is we do well do it like i don't think it's this like a superiority inferiority thing where we have to be like oh we'll stop it because you're you know being stupid (laughs) but i feel like it's like no it's just but it's just look at it and maybe maybe there's ways that we can um you know maybe it's an opportunity for growth development self-assessment to maybe curb that habit if it's becoming extra yeah i love that you closed it because i felt like we were kind of leaving it hanging in the air with a problem without a solution (laughs) <laughs> and I like that you closed it with yeah. perfect. know your, know your intention. And we, that's like, oh, live your life that way. Yeah. We just like to leave problems lingering in the air. Yeah. But all right, yeah. everybody else, you, you figure it out. Tell us what your solution is. But actually though, we will take input always because always. Um, all right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the spiritual boss podcast with feature guests, Cashin. Um, we so appreciate you listening. Please click the subscribe button. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love you to leave a positive review. It helps people find us and uh, spread the word, which we would be so grateful for. We welcome email input comments. Um, please email us spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. Thank you. Peace in peace out.